Today on the Inside Scoop, On3 was right about Cam Coleman, and I'll explain why others are just now catching up. FSU flips a five-star this week, but there could be more five-star commitments on the way for the Seminoles. But first, that buzz. Have you heard it? All week, I've been hearing this buzz, and I can't figure out where it's coming from. I hear some of the buzz on message boards. Some of it is coming from podcasts. There's a lot of buzz on Twitter. Let's bring on national recruiting analyst Sam Spiegelman right now. And Sam, when I look at the top 10 QBs in the country, there's only two that remain uncommitted. That's number one QB, Dylan Rayola, and number seven, Elijah Brown. And I'm starting to think that this is the source of that buzzing sound that I'm hearing. Sam, what are you hearing? Yeah, I think it's about time that the number one quarterback in the country might be close to making his decision. Oh, okay, um, that's what that it, buzz is all about. That makes sense, yeah. So yeah. right now, it seems like we could be on the verge of the top QB domino dropping. We talk on this show all the time about QB dominoes. And Sam, but when we talked about Dylan Rayola, it never sounded like he was going to make an early commitment, did it? No, I think this is a kind of a change of plans. This is You talked about the buzz. This is what the buzz is all about. We're in a very unique quarterback cycle here in 2024. Dylan was committed several months ago, and he's kind of had to reset the bar and, and reevaluate his, his options. Most of the quarterbacks, not only in the top 10, but in the top 20 in the country are already committed, um, except for number one, very unique if you compare it to last year with Arch Manning, where no one was committing until Arch made his move first. Um, almost the opposite this year after Dylan Rayola decommitted from Ohio State. But now three schools are probably waiting and crossing their fingers that they're the one for Dylan. Yeah. So let's break it down. Right. So after he decommitted from Ohio State in December, every team in the country was really interested in Dylan. But there was three primary teams that emerged, Sam. Yeah, well, we know he's a legacy at Nebraska. His uncle is the offensive line coach, and he is the top priority for Matt Rule, now entering his first full season as Nebraska's head coach. For USC, which has missed on a couple of quarterback targets this cycle, he has shot up the board to number one. Obviously, Lincoln Riley and USC have a fantastic track record at that position and getting drafted number one overall. And for a, for a kid that's playing his high school football in Phoenix, L.A. might be the closest to home um, for them, for the Rayolas. And then there's the two-time national defending champs, Georgia, who have a commitment already from four-star quarterback Ryan Puglisi, have not stopped recruiting Dylan Rayola, recently had him on campus. And as this buzz continues to soar, a lot of the signs are pointing to the two-time defending national champs. Hey, we'll see. I, all the storylines are there, right? Does he want to go to Nebraska and build on his family legacy? Does he want to be a program builder at Nebraska? USC's compelling obviously because of Lincoln Riley and the location. And then you got UGA is really the top program in America. I know Alabama and what Nick Saban's done, but if you're talking right now, there's no roster that's more ready. There's no program that's better built to win right now than Georgia. So before we take a look at who's trending on the recruiting prediction machine, I need you guys to do me a favor. Like this video and subscribe to the On3 YouTube page. We're on Dylan Rayola watch right now. This is the time to be locked in to what we're doing here at On3. Hit that subscribe button for me. All right, looking at the recruiting prediction machine for Dylan Rayola, the Georgia Bulldogs are trending with 56%, USC at 30, followed by Ohio State, and then you got Nebraska. But you got new predictions here, Sam. And what I'm looking at is Jeremy Johnson dropped one just a couple of days ago. 
But what's even more telling to me is 24-7 Nebraska insider Mike Schaefer put in a pick for Georgia on Tuesday. Then you saw 24-7 analyst Greg Biggins and Blair Angulo put in picks for UGA the following day. I mean, I'm just connecting the dots here, but it sure seems like something's about to happen with Dylan Rayola. When, when Nebraska insiders are starting to say that, that the temperature in the room is not telling them that they're going to get QB1, it's, it's pointing to the two-time defending champs, which is interesting because Georgia, I felt like they were, they were definitely trending for Dylan Rayola at a different point in his recruitment, maybe before he committed to Ohio State and maybe even after he, he decommitted from Ohio State. But Nebraska and also USC have been very involved. And at one point, like you said, there's a lot to consider with Nebraska. And he raved about those visits in Lincoln to the point where it felt like he might make a, a unique decision and try to lead Nebraska to the promised land. At one point, USC was also trending with Dylan Rayola. So they it were the leader like on had... the recruiting prediction machine at one point. Yes. Absolutely. They, he's, he's, it's, it's the closest to home, and he's, he's dealing with quarterback architect Lincoln Riley. Um, and at one point, they were trending. So you need to now look at a way that Georgia has come to this. They have their one quarterback committed. They continue to recruit the number one quarterback in the country. And it looks like they have got momentum with that last visit as a decision could be coming up close. Right. So let's just play this out. Let's uh, let's just uh, in a hypothetical sense, say that Dylan Rayola commits to Georgia. What does it mean for Georgia's other top 10 quarterback? Because Ryan Puglisi, who's been committed since October, is very highly rated in, in his own right. On three has him at the number six spot. I know that the industry rankings have him a little bit higher at number 11. But is there room on the Georgia commit list for two top 10 QBs? Yeah, in the transfer portal era, um, my, my mind says no. Um, and we also know that Ryan Puglisi, while he is locked in with Georgia at the moment, has saying all the right things, schools. you know, saying, all, saying the right all, things. all the right things. He's continued to visit. He's continued to maintain contact with Kirby Smart and, and Mike Bobo, the new OC over there in Athens. But we also know that Ohio State never gave up on Ryan Puglisi before they took a commitment from Aaron Nolan's. And USC has, you know, USC has other options. Nebraska has not offered another quarterback yet. So those two schools are, are just a few of the major power five programs in the country that are going to, you know, have, if they haven't, are going to contact Ryan Piglisi to see if they can get him to waiver from his Georgia commitment after Dylan Rayola potentially joins yeah. the, the club. And I just feel like when you look at Dylan Rayola's top three and you look at the teams in there, you got Georgia, you got USC and Nebraska. And I just feel like the stakes are so much higher in this race for Nebraska because they're coming from a struggling place that they've been in for the last 20 years. They got a new head coach. The storyline couldn't have been written more perfectly. Matt Rule comes in. He lands the number one quarterback in the cycle, and they're off and running. But if you look at the recruiting prediction machine, it doesn't look that way. So if Rayola does end up in Athens, what does this mean for Nebraska? Yeah, this is this is kind of the situation you put Texas in last year if they would have missed on Arch Manning to Alabama and Georgia. It, they didn't offer another quarterback. They put all their eggs in the Arch Manning basket, and that's what Matt Rule and Nebraska have done with Dylan Rayola. They are all in on Rayola, and listen, it's got them in the top three, maybe even the top two for Rayola, but they're going to have to explore their other options. We talked about Ryan Puglisi. There's only so many uncommitted quarterbacks in the top 20 now. Yeah. You know, we're living in we're living in the transfer portal world. Um, Matt Rule can look for a veteran in the portal to try to you know supplement the depth chart. But missing on D Dylan Rayola, there isn't another high school quarterback they're going to get that carries any amount of meaning in terms of the talent that Dylan Rayola has and what he actually meant to this 2024 class for Matt Rule and the Cornhuskers. Hmm. Well, 
if the number one quarterback in the country is about to come off the board, then you know there better be some other QBs that need to start drafting their notes app commitment letters because when the number one domino falls, it means the others are about to. So, Sam, in your opinion, who's up next in the QB domino race? Yeah, I would keep an eye on, on Michael Van Buren, um, you're one of the top signal callers from the DMV area. Michael Van Buren intends to be committed before he plays his senior season at, at St. Francis. The, the contenders are, are slim and few between now. It's down to Maryland, it's down to Penn State, and it's down to Oregon. I think this is going to come down to Maryland and Penn State. And the way that Penn State has been recruiting lately, I wouldn't yeah, be surprised high. if he's committed sooner rather than later. Yeah, Penn State needs that QB, but so do a couple other programs. So, yeah, things are about to get hot. Well, as of now, though, Sam, I can officially put us on Dylan Rayola watch. So stay tuned to On3 for all the latest recruiting developments. Sam, thanks for stopping by the Inside Scoop. Yeah, Florida State's been killing it in the transfer portal, but I've been pretty critical of them in terms of recruiting elite talent at the high school level. And this week, Mike Norvell shut me up when he flipped five-star prospect from the Georgia Bulldogs, number one tight end, Landon Thomas, who had been committed to UGA since last July. Mike Norvell flipped him with ease. And two days prior to that, Norvell landed a pair of four-star wide receivers. And guess what? Now FSU is knocking on the door of a top five class, and the Seminoles are far from finished. Let's bring on Warchant insider Michael Langston, Florida State is in it for more five stars. Look at this. Charles Lester, offensive tackle Jonathan Daniels, safety KJ Bolden, wide receiver JoJo Trader. Mike, who does FSU have the best shot at here? Yeah, I would say Charles Lester is starts the conversation. Grew up a big FSU fan. I know you've already put in a pick, Josh. I put mine in earlier. There you um, go. I feel really good. I feel really good about FSU's chances with with, with Charles, I think I think this goes to a combination of just uh, what they've done on the field, but also Charles liking them. He loves the culture. I think Jonathan Daniels is another one. I think they lead for. Um, they also lead for uh, Jason Zanamella. So um, I think I think they're in position. Those are kind of the main guys for sure that I think are are coming up. I think they've made some really good push. I feel like the momentum is there with FSU. So they're they're pretty hot, man. I mean it's. They're on fire right now, and uh, certainly a lot of kids see what they're doing, uh, both on the field and, you know, from a culture standpoint where, like, FSU recruits differently, where they get to know kids before they actually offer. So the personnel – so when you personally get an offer from FSU, it's personal. It's not just, oh, you're good, we're offering you. So I think that's resonated with a lot of kids. And then, two, the product. You know, winning on the field is a big deal, and that that's helps. what's changed a lot of this. What about wide receiver JoJo Trader? Looking at Florida State's commit list, they already have four wide receivers committed, and it's not even the end of April yet. Do they have room for a guy like JoJo Trader still? Oh, they're going to make room uh, for a guy like uh, five-star JoJo Trader. They love him. They've had him on campus a couple times in the spring. He's really tight with uh, Ron Dugans. He really likes his staff. He's, he's obviously tight with Edwin Joseph since they play at the same school. So he's coming in for the 2023 class. And Edwin's already told me, like, he, I'm getting him. Yeah, so, uh, you know, but I think, I think it's a close battle with them in Miami. But I think product could really benefit them later down the line, especially if Miami continues to struggle on the field. I think JoJo will see that. And their product on the field of what they're doing with receivers 
you know, that was a, that was a play. You talk about critical recruiting. That was a place I was critical of, of what they were doing product wise on the field. And now it's the, you know, the destination when it comes to receivers, they want to be there. Yeah, it's definitely exciting on the offensive side of the ball. But all this offensive talk, Mike, nothing coming yet on the offensive line. And now what we're not going to do on the inside scoop is question Alex Atkins. But besides yeah. Jonathan Daniels, who else can FSU close on up front? Yeah, uh, four-star offensive lineman uh, Jason Zanamella. I've already put a pick in for him. He's from the same school as Lucas Simmons over there at Clearwater yep. International Academy, or maybe maybe Academy International. I, I'm sorry if I messed that up. But, um, yeah, I think they sit really good with him. I think uh, probably maybe take some officials, but I think that's a guy that I feel they will land. Another one was a, kind of a surprise to me over the weekend was Manesa IT visited FSU a kid that's from California. Uh, they don't get a ton of kids from California, but they do have some, and um, Atkins knocked it out of the park. I think FSU leads. I haven't put a pick in yet, but I'm kind of close on that. I think FSU is looking really good for them. So I think the offense line is coming. I think if there's one position you never worry about, it's, it's somebody that Alex is recruiting. Uh, and I tell people, fans, like, enjoy him while you can, because – that's a good it's not going to be a long time. He's going to he's not going to be there. So he has completely turned around this entire offensive line. I remember me and Josh sitting out at Moore Athletic Center, like, man, this offensive line is so bad. And for uh, years. certainly he's changed it around. Yeah, yeah, for years. So now Florida State did lose a commitment recently. Safety Jordan Pride decommitted. It looks like maybe he's heading down to Gainesville to play for the Florida Gators, but he hasn't made his decision yet. What do you think FSU does to kind of replace him on the commit list? Who are some of the targets? Yeah, I think the main guy that I'm kind of focused on is Brandon Jacob. Uh, I think that's a guy that really loves the FSU staff. He loves the program. I think that's probably be the guy that you see as a, a replacement in there. He's already told me FSU lead. I think there's some several other ones, but I think for now, that's the main guy I hear uh, as far as that safety position. Okay, Mike, when we look at the state of Florida, the big three, last year Miami won the state, finishing six. UF was at 12. And FSU, a little further back in the pack at 20. This year, though, much different. Currently, UF is sitting at four, FSU at seven. And when you hit load more, you see Miami at 36. So we know that there's a long way to go before this cycle is finished. But who do you think will finish with the best class in the state of Florida this year? Man, it is close. Uh, people ask me that. I, I, I don't want to upset FSU fans. I say slightly for Florida, but I think it's going to be really razor close. I think both FSU and Florida are going to be that near that top five range. Um, I never thought I would say this. I told people I'm at the reassess kind of. I didn't think there was any chance FSU would get a top five class. Like I thought it would be seven, eight, nine would be kind of your ceiling of where they're at. But now that you have a guy like Landon Thomas – you know, say Luke Cromahawk gets a bump up and even gets to a five-star status, and then you land guys like Charles Lester, Jonathan Daniels, and even JoJo Trader. That's like five five-stars. So yeah, chances yeah. are you got a good shot that you'll be in the top five. So I'm going out of limb. I don't want to be kind of too optimistic. So I'm going to give Florida a slight edge, but uh, I, I think it's going to be close. But I, I definitely think those two teams are – are well ahead of, of what we've seen from Miami. And that's kind of surprising based on what they did uh, last year in recruiting. 
Yeah, and both teams, though, Florida and Florida State, got that premier quarterback committed early. That kind of helps build the class. We'll see how it all shakes up. Mike, thanks for checking in on the inside scoop, talking a little Florida State with you. Had a blast. You got it, buddy. One of the best wide receivers in the country is now recognized as one of the best wide receivers in the t country. We like to talk about the on three outliers here at the inside scoop. You know, that's where on three has a recruit ranked significantly higher than the rest of the industry. For weeks, we've been talking about Phoenix City wide receiver Cam Coleman. On three has had him as a top 10 prospect, while other services still had him ranked in the hundreds. Now the industry is starting to catch up. On three is no longer the only service ranking Coleman as a five star. So has ESPN and 24 seven sports while rivals, they still have him as a three star, but I think they'll catch up director of scouting and ranking. Charles power. Wasn't the only one to take notice of Coleman early college coaches have as well. Coleman has a healthy list of offers from Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, Texas, Colorado, and a bunch more. You get where this is going. Let's bring on Sam Spiegelman, though, to get behind the scenes on Cam Coleman's recruitment. Sam, Coleman has a ton of offers, but who's really in this recruitment right now? Yeah, it's still early, but you can definitely tell that Auburn, Clemson, LSU have kind of separated from the pack with the elite wide receiver from Alabama. He's been on campus at Auburn quite a bit this year, getting to know the new staff. He's also been to Florida State. He's been to LSU. He's been to Clemson and most recently Texas A&M. But the short list... It's all Tigers, Auburn, Clemson, and LSU. He's been to all those schools. I think there's still a long ways to go in this recruitment still. I know you said there's a long ways to go, and I agree with you. But early on, who do you think the leader is? Yeah, he's been to Auburn more than any other school this spring. Um, talk about being the best in state. Hugh Freeze, Marco Davis have really recognized that with, with the elite wide receiver. They've really wanted to spend time getting to know him this spring. He was at the, um, multiple junior days. Um, I think Auburn has control in his recruitment, but like I said, LSU isn't going anywhere. Florida State, Clemson, Texas A&M, and even Alabama is getting into the race with it with the elite wide receiver. Yeah, and Auburn's trending heavily on the recruiting prediction machine, over 80%. And like you said, it's early, but I can see why. If you follow the visits, his first trip to Auburn was March 23rd. Six days later, he turns around and makes his second visit to Auburn. Again on campus in April, you see this is going, but... My question about all this is where's the Alabama Crimson Tide in his recruitment? Why are we only hearing about Auburn visits? Yeah, just be patient, Josh. Auburn has definitely dug its heels in with one of the state's best, but Alabama is not far behind. Alabama marches to the beat of its own drum. They have been in touch with Cam Coleman for several months, and they are expecting him on campus this weekend. I don't think Alabama has really started to push as hard as they probably will. I think that they'll be in this race until the end, though. All right, so if Auburn is maybe the early leader, who would you say is the early dark horse to land Coleman? Yeah, keep an eye on Texas A&M. The Aggies and Damian Craig and Jimbo Fisher were the first to offer Cam Coleman a year ago in the spring. You talked about Charles Power being high on Cam Coleman early. So is Jimbo Fisher. Um, he was back at A&M last weekend for the spring game. He called the visit immaculate. He loved the way they threw the ball around. Evan Stewart, a former five-star and on three, was kind of shining during that spring game, and Cam Coleman really appreciated that. I think A&M is going to have a seat at the table until the end with Cam Coleman as well. All right. Well, yesterday I was able to talk to director of scouting and ranking Charles Power about why on three has been so far ahead in the ranking of Cam Coleman. Let's go ahead and check that out right now. 
Charles, what were your thoughts the first time you saw Cam Coleman? Yeah, the first time I saw Cam Coleman was last fall against IMG. He was relatively unknown going into that game and had a revelatory performance. <laughs> At one point, took a pass, drug nearly half the IMG defense, almost to the end zone. Uh, and since then, he's been on our radar, and he's been moving up ever since. So did you have an inkling back then that he had five-star potential? I wouldn't say five star five star potential, but it was very promising what what we saw. And once we sat back and took full stock of his junior season, he was a guy that we thought when you're looking at this really really strong receiver group nationally, has is one of the few that has potential to challenge Jeremiah Smith as a number one receiver. On three was an outlier, meaning they were way out in front of the rest of the industry for a while. But now the industry is catching up. Why were you so confident to lead the pack early on with wide receiver Cam Coleman's ranking? Yeah, I, I think he's the most physically gifted receiver in the in this cycle. When when you just drill down on the numbers, he was six three and a half, one eighty five. He runs an electronic four four laser forty. This guy is sticking his head on the rim in, in basketball, <laughs> and and seeing him in we we thought he was a five star level talent off of film but when we get to see him this offseason it only confirmed that added a lot of vital context I saw him in person at, at the Under Armour Atlanta camp he was phenomenal posted those combine numbers there but I think also it's really important to add he has an outstanding skill level like you see what he does in seven on seven he's dominant he has a huge catch radius one of the bigger bigger catch radiuses in this cycle is jumping over defenders so I mean he is a complete receiver prospect with a lot of upside like I think he's just scratching the surface of his potential and really could be a 2025 prospect with how young he is Charles who is a good player comparison for Cam Coleman yeah we're going with Braylon Edwards uh went way back for this one there's not a ton of guys that, that are easy comps for Cam Coleman mm -hmm. just given his uh size and skill level so I with Braylon Edwards I, I think the the size the length athletic ability at the same stage is very similar. When you're projecting Cam Coleman long-term, we see a dynamic outside receiver who can win at the catch point, fairly athletic, can make some plays after the catch. And, and that, that was Bra the Braylon Edwards, uh, particularly at Michigan, but also in the NFL. You ever get a little nervous when, you're, when you go out on a limb and you rank somebody a five-star before the rest of the industry? Uh, I wouldn't say nervous. I, I think, I think that, that just kind of comes with the territory. Like, you do this long enough, Josh, I think you, you add confidence and feel pretty good about your evaluations. And for us, it's, it's, I don't think we're, we're taking a ton of shots, especially the more information we get. I think the more information and exposure we get to the prospects, the more confident we get. So if we are nervous, it's probably early in the cycle. But the more and more we see, see these prospects over the course of, of the year, the, the, more, the better and better we feel. And Cam Coleman's one we feel really good about. All right. Yeah, and Cam Coleman is performing this spring. ESPN and on three now both have him as a five star. We'll see when the rest of the industry catches up as well. Thanks, Charles, for stopping by the inside scoop. Sure thing. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me and remember to check out all the videos on the on three YouTube page.